0: I love you okay hello and welcome back to the couch we're so
1: happy to have you with us here potatoes i am the green traveler from gorge i am the faceless leo and what a what a tasty episode we have for you today on here the couch
0: all the fields uh,
1: the couch that we are on we are Green and Faceless, and this is the couch yeah. that we are on. I still haven't said the title of the show. This is Green and <laughs> Faceless on the couch. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's it's a very exciting episode, and exciting in that we're going to talk one film that's incredibly easy to talk about because it was so fun, and one film that's really difficult to talk about, not because it was bad, but because it's it's well, very
1: heavy. It wasn't fun, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't
0: exactly fun. Uh, it was, It. I, I will say uh, up front, I'm happy to say up front that both of these films are absolutely beautiful.
1: They're excellent. Catching up on 2021 a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what January really becomes is like, because the yeah. Oscars start coming around. You start f- seeing all these films that people are like, oh, that was really good. And it's like, oh, I guess I should watch it. I hadn't heard anything about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like they got The Last Daughter out there just in time. Like, this is right. very recent. We uh, pushed back The Harder They Fall a couple times for other opportunities, but we've been wanting to watch it, and I'm very happy that right. we did.
0: That, that was the thing, was like, uh, initially we had The Harder They Fall set for December, like early December, and then like mm-hmm. we had to keep pushing it back for other reasons. In my head, I was thinking it'd be a good one for Black History Month, right? But I didn't want to wait that long.
1: Yes, I didn't. A, I didn't want to wait that long, and also it's not at all historical, but it's awesome. No, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely great for Black culture. I think what it will do for right? the industry
0: is great. Exactly, and and I mean that was the thing. I was like, I was looking at, I was like, I really don't want to wait two weeks for this because I or two months for this because it's like I watched the trailer and I'm like, God, I just want this. Yeah, I want to see it. I'm really happy I did. But we're gonna talk uh, the last daughter first. Uh, we're gonna get the the hard and the emotional out of the way. <laughs> so uh, I guess I I'll go ahead and end with the the lost daughter. I think I said the last daughter. I think I've been saying the last daughter. It's the lost daughter, and it's directed and written by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't think it's her directorial debut, but it's uh, I don't. It's the first one I've seen at least that she directed.
1: I mean, if it is the first one damn uh right. even if it's not the first one damn i mean great yeah. job maggie uh i'm speechless really i i it's even the writing credit on it like how did you come up with this did you come up with it alone well, no it's the it's the it's a novel i'm stupid it's right there. that's what i was gonna
0: say <laughs> I, I thought it was what i didn't that was the problem was i usually write it, write it down but i did not write it down this time so it is an adaptation Yes, it's a, it
1: was okay. a novel ba- – uh, it's based on the novel written by Elena Ferrante.
0: I feel like I would love the novel version. I can read a good right. – uh, it's not necessarily – I mean, I guess it is tragic. It is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but it's just <clears> – <throat> I feel like the, it's easier for me to read sadder stories than to watch sadder movies.
1: I get that. I get that there's yeah. a – with the visual medium – it's a lot more visceral you're you're in that moment you can't take a pot pa- well you can because you got a pause button, but you can't like put the book down and and reflect exactly
0: on yeah I'm able to if the book gets too heavy, I'm able to just stuff that in the bag and be like I'll come back to you in a day or so, maybe yeah. a week
1: yeah it, and if you did that with a movie. Well, at least I would be like, okay, what happened to lead up to this scene again? Yeah, yeah I'd be like, I'd be like, I probably should rewatch the first hour. <laughs> but uh, it's
0: it's it's absolutely very enter- uh, entertaining idea, very in- interesting movie. Um, it is about Olivia Coleman. She is a mother in this. Uh, I don't remember the characters' names. I'm sorry, uh, Lita. Thank you. And she goes on vacation to Greece. And she is – when she gets to the beach, you know, she's like one of the first people at the vacation season, I guess. You know, she gets to the beach. It's very quiet. She's enjoying Mm -hmm. it. She's not a – she's not a writer, right? She's a a professor. She's a
1: professor in Italian literature. Yeah, so she's just just there. I think she's researching
0: maybe something for like either a class or for a project or something. I can't remember exactly what she's doing. Yeah, I think
1: she might actually be marking papers –
0: Right, yeah, she's doing. She's doing something vague. It's. But I mean, obviously, I guess her, you know her profession is not really important. It's. It's the reason she's there. She's on the beach. She's enjoying her time. She's getting her work done. And then this really loud family comes in, just kind of like disturbs yeah. everything in her peace.
1: Yeah, they sure are loud, aren't they? Did they give a last name for the family? I'm not sure if they didn't. I believe the the two heads of the family were Facili and Callie and callie uh is a pregnant woman and at one point she asks lita to to move so that they can have more room yeah and lena's like yeah no <laughs> but yeah but she Lita's- says it like she that that's her tone but she says it like she's super british because she's olivia coleman but she she says it in a really polite way like the most polite way i've ever heard anybody say fuck off
0: (laughs) yeah exactly she's like no i'm sitting here i don't want to move it's like yeah, and they're just like but we want our whole family to be able to sit together and she's like yeah i don't care i mean she doesn't say that i was i've been
1: here for like an hour i'm gonna stay here (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and i and i like that too because that is her you know her character really is like no your family's annoying they are uh intrusive and yeah. like they shouldn't just get what they want because they're they're kind of like karens you know they go go into a store and they just know if right. they yell a lot they'll get what they want sorry there are karens out there
1: who are but not you know, well, like that beyond that they're new york karens so yeah 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 I, i'm sorry to shit on the people of new york Uh, (laughs) we just lost a whole bunch of viewership there but yeah they think that she's from queens that's how new york these people are
0: yeah that's (laughs) that's why i was confused too because i was just like is she because i was just like she has a very (laughs) clear accent but like at the same time i couldn't tell if it was just a case of like bad accent work from an actor but like it's olivia coleman i fucking love olivia coleman
1: so i wasn't about to assume that no no I, I think it would be on point if if she were to do an accent for some reason right I, I mean she's too too involved in her role
0: yeah that was the that was the problem for me like I just didn't understand that scene and there's a few other scenes like that how they're handled I just read it wrong I think mm. you know I, I didn't understand the because I didn't understand that they were just not understanding where she was from
1: I, I don't know if that was necessarily it there's a lot of Subtext going on, like yeah. I, I'm not sure what Dagmara uh who played Callie, what her intention was mm-hmm. with that line. But like, if you're just gonna read it with what the language is, Callie is dumb lady from New yeah. York who doesn't know what a British accent sounds like
0: somehow <laughs> and that makes more sense that makes more sense to me because when i watched it it just threw me because i didn't know if they were like jabbing at each other or like right. you know i think
1: it, that uh, that dagmara might be using it as right. a
0: jab, but yeah because language wise as you said there there is a lot of <laughs> subtext and that's this whole movie is there's subtext yeah. there's themes there's symbols like there's a lot of digging into it and, and analyzing this story. And I love, I do love that. That is one aspect of films that I love is the analyzation of it. I'm not good at that.
1: I i don't necessarily agree with that. I think that you have good ideas on it.
0: Well, I, I feel like I understand the, the creator's intent, but I'm not necessarily the greatest at At dissecting what the story is, you know, so it's like as we as we'll get into, there are certain aspects of this story that still i like try to think about it and like i think i understand the gist of it i don't sure. understand the the delivery of it of it but i know that the delivery was still beautiful if that makes sense
1: the, the, i will agree with that the delivery is great i'm not sure that the, i necessarily understand everything that's going on right I need a second to watch
0: yeah because the, the the crux of the film is when within that family there is uh D- dakota johnson's character what is her name
1: nina leah nina lena nina with ends. So, n-i-n-a nina nina and Lita. yeah Ooh, that hurts me and let's not forget lyle <laughs> <laughs> played by ed harris okay but you wanted to talk about dakota johnson we'll, we'll talk about ed harris right later.
0: right Yeah, Dakota Johnson is a mother in that family. She has a small daughter who I think is like three-ish, you know, very young. And that daughter gets lost early on in the film. Once they get to the beach, maybe like a day after hanging out, you know, the daughter gets lost. And everybody's scared. They're all looking for her. And Olivia agrees to help search for her. And all of this reawakens memories of Lita's, uh, Olivia, Coleman's character, of her past. Like, she has starts having flashbacks remembering her time as a parent because she had two daughters and it's it and those flashbacks are just brutal they're very real they're very very heartfelt yeah very honest and i love that too because you don't get a lot of the the cinema mom moments in this you get a lot of the real snippets of life right where you know parenting is hard kids can be
1: very annoying at times they can be very trying. And Olivia says it herself. She's a very selfish person. That is seen in her parenting.
0: Because she's... she's So the the, the the backstory that you get is that she, while trying to become a professor, while trying to continue her studies, her husband is also trying to do his own stuff. But she feels like she's sacrificing a lot of mm-hmm. her potential and her life to being a mother. She's definitely
1: overwhelmed and and you get that sense
0: and it's hard to watch because you know it's like she does things to her kids that i know i have done to zelda my dog sure and it's like it's it's that kind of stuff where i see that and i realize oh my god you know sometimes you know i i I have a lot of work i can do i'm not yet ready to be a human parent right and it's just you know it's it's very real as as you said it's very honest and while she's having these flashbacks She finds the the lost daughter, Dakota Johnson's character, Nina's daughter, and she brings her back. But in the process, she steals that daughter's favorite toy. Yep, a baby doll. A baby doll, yeah.
1: disgusting, horrid baby doll.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, it is, it really is. And,
1: And then it turns into Annabelle.
0: <laughs> that would have been a whole different story. Man. That would have been crazy. I'm that happy. Crazy. I'm happy with the doll though, because the doll, you know, with with Annabelle, you know, I see Annabelle, I see the actual doll, mm-hmm. and I immediately think, why would anybody want that? That's creepy as fuck. Right. This doll, I can understand. This doll is definitely one of those like you would you would feel comfortable giving to your kid and be like, this is mm-hmm. yours. Take care of it now. But in in the process of doing that, in the process of stealing this doll. The child just goes nuts. Yes. Like, screaming yes. every day. The whole family, this this entire big family is, like, struggling because, you know, they're all trying to search for this doll while still enjoying their vacation. Uh-huh. But at the same time, they're not getting much sleep because this girl will not go to sleep without
1: it. Right. She's going crazy. But like, to the point that the kid starts running a fever because- Yeah. She's not sleeping and constantly screaming. In that process,
0: Dakota Johnson starts coming to Olivia Coleman. Uh, Nina starts coming to Leda seeking parental advice because Olivia had mentioned that she was a mother of two and Dakota Johnson's character is like, okay, I have someone here who does know this stuff and is an outside, not authority, but like an outside figure I can turn to. Somebody yeah. who's not my family.
1: Right. Somebody I could be more honest with because like Callie's not her mom. I believe that they're um, sisters-in-law, but yeah, I'm not think sure. Yeah, I so. Um, but it does almost seem like they have that kind of relationship. So Callie is pregnant with her first child. And what I think is an interesting trait for this character is that she is constantly like micromanaging how Nina takes care of her daughter. And she's not even a mother. So that, yeah. that I thought was a very interesting ad. Like Nina is definitely having some struggles with her kid she is having trouble connecting to her she's overwhelmed and she has this this sister-in-law who has no idea what it is to be a mother yet telling her like everything she's supposed to do so like you you definitely get nina's frustration just as you get young leda's frustration in the flashbacks which Honestly, I almost think the flashback scenes are some of the more compelling parts of the movie. Oh, agreed. Yeah, Uh, Jesse Buckley plays young Lita, and we have talked about her before when she was when we talked about Judy. She played the the redheaded person who Rosalind Wilder, who we talked quite a lot about when we did that episode right but anyways i thought she was amazing maybe even outdid uh olivia coleman they they both did fantastic yeah. though i i could see both of them getting nominated
0: it's definitely hard to compare i mean because they do feel like one character still that's the nice thing about mm-hmm. it you still yeah. do feel like oh, olivia yeah. is an older jesse buckley and that is, is impressive
1: yeah and that is another reason why i'm even more impressed with Buckley's performance right, is that she right. she's playing Olivia Coleman. It's it's yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is good. And 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 those flashbacks, you know, uh, initially, you know, I thought those flashbacks were just going to be little tidbits until we get to a, right. like a big reveal of like her mothering skills or whatever. You know, I thought they were just going to be tiny little inc- inconsequential things just to build the character, but they become very important story-wise because you start to learn what later olivia coleman's character did as a young mother the choices that she made i think
1: we should keep those choices to ourselves
0: i agree yeah and and it's it's very they're very tough choices you know they're very very heartfelt and very just uh nerve-wracking but it's just it's it's again it's honest it just it goes into depth about all these choices and like you you feel so much for what her character is doing but i don't know that you're rooting for her character sometimes i'm definitely
1: not no i would say no for for some of it what especially at first when she's so overwhelmed it's like okay Mm. i totally understand that and you know i see it like For example, with my siblings, they who have kids. I don't have children of my my own. I have a dog. And (laughs) you know I do get impatient with my dog, but my sister has four sons. I I couldn't imagine how overwhelming that could be at some time.
0: But it's it's definitely great to watch. I do recommend this film as a really Mm -hmm. good Well, I recommend it with a caveat. I recommend it if you want like if, if you are a parent Maybe wait until you don't have you know younger children. Younger Maybe kids, wait yeah. until they're a little older, yeah. and you can face this movie with more uh... more retrospective. Thank you. Yeah, because like going in, if you if you're if you're a parent, of, especially of young children, I, I think this movie might either offend or very much hurt your head just because of how real it is. You know, it might be, it's not a good escape film at all.
1: No, it is. Yeah. You said it's not an escape film and it's, it's just not the opposite of that. It's a very, I would say revealing film. It it digs at the truth. That's what it, what it does. Like, and you know, not everybody is like Lita. Not everybody is able to make the selfish decisions that she, she makes. And she, has some regret for that decision but at the same time she shows that she was happy with that decision that's all i'm gonna say about it Um,
0: right and then there's the then you gotta toss in all the symbols of the story you got the doll in and of itself you know it's it's a symbol of you know her parenting skills Mm -hmm. because like she's never she never sees herself as a good mother but when she takes the doll it's her opportunity to be a good mother. It's, it's yeah. to have that moment back to try and be a good mother again. But at the same time, she's hurting so many people in doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know so many levels to all of these different themes, metaphors, I guess. and themes and everything. Yeah, it's it's really good. But I don't know. It, it reaches very high, and I think it does a great job. Yeah. But it it falls just short of being you know like a masterpiece. It, it's I still would agree.
1: I would agree like it's not that I don't know what exactly we could say it's missing but at the end of it I was left feeling like there could have been more story but it also was a good ending.
0: It's a very good ending and it is one that leaves you thinking on it like Mm -hmm. because you finish it and you're like okay that's it that's it. You know, like, I, I kind of understand where we're going with it. I can I can peel it apart if I want to, but it's not the, the most satisfying of endings. And then I feel like there's just some directorial decisions, especially in, like, I, I guess specifically, as we were talking about earlier, the, the getting the intents of the actors across, the getting the intents of these characters, because a lot of it is muffled. It's it's kind mm-hmm. of left to be subtext. Yeah. And that's fine. But I I, I kind of want more from these characters in there, like the way they interplay with each other. Right.
1: See, there was like this element to the movie when I watched it because I, my family went on a lot of vacations and you do meet these people that you just keep on bumping into because you're both tourists in the same town, right? And I haven't had experiences just like this, but we have definitely had encounters with families who have just a completely different energy than my family and we don't and you yeah. just don't quite mesh so i i thought that for the setting that vagueness kind of worked because you don't know these people you, you're right this right. is this is like your brief window to experience them and and i thought they captured that
0: that's fair that, that is totally it's a good good observation because my family never went on those kind of trips. If we went on vacations, it was like stay in the hotel and then go out to like a not a casino, but um, like a, a theme park. That's what's called. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, those were our kind of vacations, and like we didn't do big stay on a beach kind of for a week kind of thing. Right. So like, right. I never, I never had that observation with outside families because we just kept
1: ourselves wherever we went. Well, we we, I mean, my family is also fairly boisterous. So it is something when you meet people that are more boisterous than your boisterous family. (laughs) I could see your mom going up to someone and asking
0: them to move down the beach so that the whole family (laughs) family could
1: sit together. (laughs) She might, she might ask one individual, but also at least when I was a kid, the kids were a lot more, in my family, were a lot better behaved mm-hmm. than the children in this family. Like, these kids, <laughs> man, they, like, are running up, shouting obscenities at people. This is, like, right. the I I was they're so the, mad at this family.
0: I, <laughs> they're not the cute kids from, uh, what was the M. Night Shyamalan film, Old? Was it called Old? Oh, I think it was
1: Old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those kids were cute. Uh, Less cute as they went along. What's your name and occupation? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, that was adorable. That was adorable.
0: (laughs) Uh, But I guess closing statements for the lost daughter. I mean, I've said everything I think I need to about it. Uh, I give it three and a half stars. It it is a good film, Mm -hmm. and I think it has a really important message. Uh, Well, I, I think the the pieces of the puzzle are all very interesting. Yeah, and it, I I just like the harsher realism of parenting that we see here, yeah. as opposed to the typical cinematic parenting that we we normally see.
1: Yeah, it is not a story you see all the time, and for that, I really well, I guess I have to applaud the novelist for this the actual story, but Hall picking this story up and writing and she must be a producer as well. Yeah, I, I would imagine, but. Just great directing, and mm. uh, I'm very excited to see more from, from Maggie Gyllenhaal as, as on the other side of the camera, on this right. side of the camera, rather. I, um, do,
0: I do also, she directed her husband in this, Peter Sarsgaard.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, he is in this. He has an interaction with young Lita yeah. in the past, and he's, I would say, slightly important to that plot. But he kind of just right. comes in and comes back out.
0: Yeah, I, I just – I wanted to say I I do think we have to spoil slightly his interaction because it's just – it's funny to me when, when people direct their spouses <laughs> in movies yeah. and how they always have them. I mean, almost always whenever like a director directs his, his or her spouse in a film, they have a sex scene with their spouse <laughs> and somebody else and I'm just like it, – it's just so weird. Like, how do you direct that or like – they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, funny you know what
1: I think that they're just maybe you know since they are artists, not that we aren't in some form, but because they are both artists, I think Maggie is like I can make a sexy, sexy scene that my husband's in that I can watch over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> and I can share it with the world.
0: And get paid
1: doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we both get paid doing it. It's
0: gotta be. It's gotta be very hard for uh, the other individual in the scene, though. Like Jesse Buckley, it's just like all right, I got a really good job at this um, scene. How
1: (laughs) how much are you comfortable with, Maggie? I mean, (laughs) like, what am I supposed to do here? No, uh, like all right, so we're gonna kiss, but like no tongue. Je- like, that that scene, Jesse, that is a good scene. Yeah, and it is. is. And it is not just because they are exploiting Jesse's body. Is th- that I wouldn't say that that is necessarily what's going on here. There is some great acting in that scene.
0: I would agree with you yeah i think i think there's great acting all around it's definitely uh definitely worth going out to check but do so knowing that it's not a happy-go-lucky film
1: <laughs> it i <is> guess. Not. <laughs> and you know i said we'll talk about ed harris and we didn't and that's okay oh yeah uh he oh, is a pretty big it. part of the movie yeah. uh he's a sort of love interest for lita it's interesting because they show that lyle lita and nina all have similar personalities Right. So and, and, and I like that, yeah. And he's just kind of just
0: he's like a maintenance man at the Yeah. Vacation he's a resort caretaker kind
1: of thing. or something like caretaker,
0: that. Caretaker, yeah, something. Yeah, and, and I loved his involvement. I thought it was kinda of funny. I mean, I guess he might be a seventy year old man. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't seem like he is to me, but they say in the movie that he's like seventy one years old and I'm just like,
1: Wow. <laughs> I I believe Ed Harris is uh, Ed Harris was born in nineteen fifty. Oh my god, so yeah, seventy two. Yeah
0: that's amazing yeah he, he does I not mean, look it
1: i mean he's he's in good shape and he's got a young looking face
0: yeah ed harris if you want to come on the show by all means
1: yeah please ed come on down <laughs> we'll talk three of your favorite movies they don't you don't have to be in them but that'd be cool too
0: <laughs> we could just do a westworld do- uh
1: season one yeah <laughs> just <watch> <laughs> you were great in that so um uh, Let's move on, let's talk about yeah. another Western. The harder they fall, yeah, yes, well, first off, though, let's get a soda pop,
0: yes, you yes. soda pop
1: Working. okay, I'm ready to be back if you're ready to be back, well, then, I guess
0: that makes us back. oh we're back, we're back. You said another Western before we started, and that's because we. We just talked uh, "Power of the Dog" not too long ago.
1: Oh, and I meant uh, because you mentioned Westworld. Oh, right. But I get you. Yeah, yeah. Which that's not really a western, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It's western. I, I
0: was uh, initially we had paired this with "Power of the Dog." This was our right. uh, plan way back in the day, but for some reason, I think harder they fall might have like dropped off of the streaming side or i can't remember what happened Um, we had to push it back
1: so initially at least last year our goal was to pit a streaming movie and a theater movie but usually we streamed both of them because you know it's the world plague and everything right yeah Um, that was the stipulation you put on it yes but yeah, well, the the title is "Stay or Go," so that's I know, it that's sense. why I was pushing for that. But now that has become more and more difficult, especially with some films trying to be exclusively in theaters. I think they're learning that that's not working so well. I don't which know. Kind of sad for theaters. I well, okay, so Ben Affleck, I just heard say this, and I'm sorry if it's not Ben Affleck who said it, and I'm not gonna. It's not a quote paraphrasing he said that the theaters are just going to be for marvel and franchises uh, and he said that this after uh, the last duel did not do well
0: and i remember really scott being upset about that and like i just wanted to like smack him because it's like you're in the like you know you're you're at a peak areas in many states in regards yeah. to the uh, covid cases so it's just like it's not because people don't want to see your fucking movie, they just don't want to risk their lives yeah, to go to not a movie and risk see your this movie. life
1: for a movie. We want to yeah. see that movie. That movie was on this I think I think we planned on watching that with this.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think so too, actually. I think that was our it first It is on plan HBO though,
1: Max now. It is there now.
0: Finally. Yeah, we'll have to figure out how to work that in sometime. So don't worry you then, worry, Ridley. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to you. You just had to make it available through streaming services for us. Sorry. So I will go to the theaters every now and then. But as uh, it's it's got to be a movie that I'm really excited for. You know, a movie that's yeah. just like not coming anywhere.
1: I was, I, I, I am, I should say, excited for Last Duel.
0: I'm sitting here looking at Scream in the theater and I'm just like, do I go see Scream or do I not go see Scream? Because I love the Scream franchise. But that's, that's my dilemma right now is it's just like, do I wait or do I not? And for whatever reason, they didn't call it Scream Five, so that kind of makes me, a, you know. I see.
1: You're over it. Yeah, they.
0: Yeah, I mean, they called it Scream. Like we already had Scream. That was yeah. Wes Craven's movie. But I guess they're kind of trying to like reboot it, but not so like. I, but didn't
1: they do that with the fourth one?
0: In a way, but this is going to be the first one that Wes Craven's not on because he sadly passed away. Uh, so. I see. Yeah, so this is like the the this is a passing of the torch, but at the same time they don't really need to cuz the franchise could just end. It could just but, end.
1: I mean, every I, I feel know. like it could have just ended at every single of the installments because but I, I think it's designed that way though, too. I I'm not saying yeah. I like the the installments because why I, th- I don't necessarily like the third one, but I think what it did is hilarious.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are good yeah. secret reviews of the the Scream franchise I guess yeah but with The Harder They Fall we just kept we kept pushing it back but like yeah. I, I so badly wanted it to be on our list still to, to be one of those films that we definitely watched just because like I've done so well at avoiding trailers because mm. I just don't need them anymore I've, I've come to accept I don't need these trailers I can just watch these they films and be wild they kind
1: of ruin the they do yeah the reveal of things quite often yeah
0: and they put in they put in false lines so that when like comedic moments happen, you still get a good chuckle. But quite often, the good joke was what was put in the trailer, yeah. and you, and you find it so funny that when it happens in the moment, you're just like, oh, that's not the joke anymore. It's that kind of sucks. Yeah. And yeah, I just I don't like it. Like, I, so I've done a really good job at just avoiding trailers. But one that I I somehow sat through the the harder they fall trailer, and was like, all right, I need that. And yeah. the reason is the the trailer and and the movie itself had a django and chain kind of feel to it it had it's like there's so many different types of westerns right western is just a super genre of films you have the power of the dog kind of western which is more subtle it's more character almost psychological yeah, yeah it's kind of like in one location it's not the west it's not the the wide plains and everything it's just like a house in the west kind of thing yeah it's isolated yeah and and then you got other like you got modern westerns uh hell or high water with uh crisp pine then you got you know the old fashioned you got true grit and uh, uh the good the bad and the ugly all those like you got those classic westerns and then you had like Django and Chain which came along which was similar to those old fashioned westerns like Good, bad, and the ugly, but it had a strong punch to it. It had a visceral action.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was. It, I mean, it was Tarantino. You know, it was yeah. It was the it was gore galore. It and it's great, and it and it's it really beautiful. works for western. I feel like because it's already yeah, so it, gritty, might as well yeah, have it's... guts exploding everywhere.
0: <laughs> you might as well just go balls to the wall, crazy with it, and that's what James Samuel. Uh, also known as the Bullets. Uh that is his stage name, I guess. He is the director, the writer, and also uh the composer. Wow. Oh, well, wow. the music is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and I think that's just a wild uh, it's a very Tarantino choice too, I think, to do like, you know, direct write and also to the to uh do the music. I think Tarantino is more like direct, write and edit. Right. But like to take on that extra job after you're already doing so much. James Samuel or the Bullets I don't know which one you prefer just fucking phenomenal you took yeah. everything and I don't know if he like credits Quentin Tarantino as like an inspiration for him but it does have it that same level that yeah it was such a just a punchy western that I was so enthralled from the very beginning and that that opening scene it opens up with uh, Idris Elba's character I don't think you see his face in that scene uh, maybe you do
1: but uh, No, I, I don't believe you do, because yeah. I wasn't entirely sure, like, because I knew Eldris was in the movie, but I wasn't entirely sure that it was that character uh, until right. they later revealed that, but it's not, like, a big spoiler or anything.
0: Right, and his character is, I think it's Rufus Buck, is that That's right? That's right. He he comes to a man's home, you know, the man opens the door, sees it's him, and is just like, ah, shit, like, my, my past is coming up to haunt me here. And so he he lets the man in mainly because the man's got guys behind Guns him with- and
1: guys, yeah,
0: yeah. And so he you know he's 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 got his back to him. He's got to let this man in. Rufus Buck sits at the table with the man's wife and kid, and proceeds to kill the man, the wife, and then cut a cross into the kid's forehead. Yep, it's crazy. It's gruesome as hell. And it's it's just a riveting intro. Like you're immediately pulled into this world. Like holy fuck, what's gonna happen? You cut forward like I don't know, fifteen twenty years. I don't know how much how much time passes.
1: Enough to become Jonathan Majors. <laughs> exactly
0: enough for the kid to become Jonathan Majors with a cross scar on his
1: forehead. Uh, named Nat Love, and I, I yes, love that thank name. you. That's good.
0: Yeah, it is a good name. And that's the thing, too, is it's a good name and it's a. It's also – I don't know a lot about the Wild West. My history is sure. muddled. But the, the movie does open up with a uh, little placard that says these people were real. Their stories existed.
1: Right. This is a fictional story with real people.
0: And, you know, without that historical knowledge, I did not mind at all what they did with these characters. I thought the story on display is very good. Maybe if you are a Wild West historian, this movie might irritate you a bit. Uh I don't know. It did not irritate me in the slightest. No,
1: not at all. I was entertained the whole time. Which, I mean, it's like, what, a two-hour movie? Is that right?
0: Yeah, I think it was only about two hours, maybe 2.10.
1: But, I mean, still, usually in a two-hour movie, there is still some point where you're like, all right, you get on with it. But I never felt like that in this movie. Yeah. And there's like... There's so many beats. There's I didn't watch Sassy beats. Huh? Yeah, there's also Sassy <laughs> Beats. Uh playing Mary Fields, Stagecoach Mary. Uh she's amazing. I mean, really
0: oh, God, all acting's
1: brilliant. pretty great. My favorite character I, I think is Cuffy though, played by yeah. Daniela Deadweiler. Wait, she's Cuffy great. was
0: I thought Cuffy was Regina King.
1: No, Regina King was Trudy Smith who was That's who worked with uh, Rufus with Eldridge's character.
0: That's right. Yes, and and yes, Cuffy was the um, with Nat Love. Right. Gotcha. Who some, the characters some now.
1: who plot wise she's able to fool and pass as a man. But I mean, to us, it's pretty obvious. I feel like as the yeah. audience member. But also, you know, it's back in the day. You're not expecting someone to to lie to you with their appearance. Right so not to, you know i feel like i should rephrase that with the current climate of the world you're not if you make those choices in your life yeah you are not lying you're telling your truth
0: right i really do love Cuffy though because they just did they do some things with her character that it's just it's really enthralling like i, I enjoyed the fun they had yes with this story because they, they just go balls to the walls with this story. And it's they like, sure it's do. Nat Love trying to get revenge on Rufus Buck. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of, I think he like, I can't remember, he robs people
1: who rob for Rufus, right? He, yes. So he's gotten a reputation as being an outlaw who robs outlaws. And yes, he did somehow was involved with Rufus getting a life sentence. Uh, and so he was satisfied. <laughs> He was, he he had killed everybody else who was involved in that day. Jesus Cortez or Jesus played by Julio Cesar Cedillo. I mean, it's a very small role, but I enjoyed that role because he became a priest afterwards. And he's like, I was a different man. And that really, I feel like they do a really good job of bringing that concept back at the end. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff in this movie that's kind of like that.
0: Yeah, his character also has like the title card that, uh, um, Jesus's, uh, it's at the beginning. Jesus's death is the title card. It's like every time he gets shot is when right. the words appear on the screen. Yes. And yes. it's like, it, it sets up the whole editing for this movie because there's a lot of those, um, I keep saying punchy, but that's the only word I can think of. But it's like, it's got a lot of those punchy edits where it's yeah. like when you, hear a, when you hear a bullet or something, the, there, there'll be a switch in, uh, in the view or yeah, you know, that jump cut or that kind right. of stuff it's it was it was a lot of fun like great editing on this i don't know who edited the film but really well done tom eagles tom eagles great fucking job dude like it was he made it fun
1: yes. like cause, i mean it was
0: already, it was already fun, fun but like yeah. he he just added more fun to it i guess it's just i loved him like every time you get shot just bang there bang
1: harder (laughs) bang, (laughs) it's
0: so good oh yeah and and jonathan majors like if we're just talking the characters uh he
1: is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors he was so damn good yeah he was amazing so he yeah so to get back to the synopsis he he gets a gang together at the impetus of base reeves uh, who is like a marshal or something? Who is on good terms with Nat? But at first, Nat is thinking he's finally coming after him, like he, because now Nat he, has a bounty on his head. But instead, Reeves is like, "No, Rufus Buck is getting out, and yeah. I want your your help in taking him down because he needs to go down." Yeah. So they um, they grab, um, get a posse. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, and Reeves is played by uh, Delroy Lindo.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: Once again, great performance. I can't, I, Mm -hmm. I won't say that he really sticks out because he's not really supposed to be in that highlight role. Right. But he is the impetus of getting this group together
0: and he's got a he's got a lot of great moments in the climactic uh shootout you know every western has got to have a shootout. oh yeah
1: everybody has their moment in the shootout it's so fun it is great it's it's
0: a lot of fun yeah Yeah. it is everybody but one character i'll say
1: (laughs) oh is that (laughs) lakeith stanfield's character no, he oh, gets his oh, moment. He, the, okay. Uh, okay he, I see. he
0: he takes he takes a moment away from another character. I say.
1: Uh, <laughs> we'll say. Well, uh, LaKeith Stanfield plays Cherokee Bill. Honestly, I think one of the more interesting characters in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I recall talking to you about it and you being upset with his character. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. His character is known as being somebody who shoots people in the back. Yes. A lot of people, when they come across his characters, like, oh, you're Cherokee Bill, aren't you? I've been told not to, you know, turn my back on you. And, you know, he's – he's at the same time, he's a very – he is a stoic yes. killer. He, he yeah. is constantly in the shadows. He's, he's part of, the, of Rufus Buck's crew. So, he's one of the villains of the story, mm. you, you can say. Mm. It, but it's just – he is a quiet, calm character and one that you feel has honor – but proves that he has no honor. Yeah. Many times over. Yeah.
1: So, we talk about Lakeith Stanfield quite a bit.
0: And I fucking love Lakeith Stanfield. Yes,
1: we do. So, he and Jonathan are both becoming a couple of my favorite actors. And having them together yeah. in the same film, both having magnificent roles, is great to see. But So, I guess we could go through and maybe just talk about the, the posse a little bit, because we haven't really done that. Yeah, uh, definitely. So... We had Bill Pickett, who I feel like is the one, the character who stood out the least to me. Um, Not that he didn't do well. I just feel like they didn't give him as many character moments as they did the other Mm. characters. But he's played by uh, Eddie Gattigi. Eddie Gattigi. I'm probably saying it wrong. I apologize. Yeah. Um, But you did a great job. Just, yeah, I feel like I, I I feel like they you know they they did such a good job with exploring all the other characters. I feel like they could have done a little bit more for him.
0: Yeah, it felt weird because it got to the the third act to the big shootout, and I felt like his character was expected to be bigger, right? Because um, he has some heavier moments in the the shootout.
1: Yeah, he's their sniper.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and it seems like there's supposed to be more maybe like deleted scenes or something that developed his character more maybe but maybe. yeah definitely definitely felt like one of the weirder like not not poorly used but lesser used characters to so those it, they could have done more with him i guess
1: i agree uh we also have jim beckworth played by rj seiler really cocky character quick draw and he always wants to test himself and he just wants to have a duel with cherokee bill because he's heard yeah. cherokee bill's supposed to be faster than him
0: i loved him too yes he was so much fun
1: he was a lot of fun very good story moments with that character mm-hmm. we already mentioned Cuffy. she's great you yep. know like what's great about them i want I, i'm not sure like Cuffy never explicitly says what they would prefer, but they're living life as a man, so maybe I should go with he, him. But he stands guard at Mary Fields, the another character in The Posse, played by Zazie Beats, already mentioned. He stands guard as the bouncer for her saloon. And when Nat Love comes in, they're like, you're kind of an unassuming fellow for this position. And he says well that's just wh- how it works so well like they don't see it coming and then a couple scenes later they show you exactly what he means when they yep. up, get up real close and secret their brass knuckles on and sucker punch <laughs> this shit out of somebody it's so great to watch it's
0: great yeah Cuffy's is fucking phenomenal
1: yeah definitely my favorite character in the movie and and it, yeah. it's not because that they're super focused on either because like they they do get a decent amount of screen time and and you know nat love is a great main character but i just kept on was drawn to Cuffy. it's like it's some of the best representation we've had for right transgender for sure
0: and and also just alone, just having so many great moments throughout the movie. Like they definitely have two of the best scenes, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, not the best scenes, but two of the best throughout this whole film. There's good character moments, but I think some of the best go with coffee. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: I'm trying to remember who else was in their group. I think we talked about everybody in their group.
0: Yeah. And I think the only one left to talk about, we, we mentioned Zazie Beats, but we didn't go into the, uh, her right, character. Right. She is the love interest. I don't think they're in a relationship, but they are lovers.
1: I, I would say they're in a relationship, but it's kind of yeah. been on and off again because he right. keeps on going after his revenge and she wants to settle down and make an actual contribution to society, which is interesting because that's kind of what Rufus Buck is doing. He's he's yeah. a tyrant. He's a tyrant, but he is trying to make a place for black people in in a tumultuous region of a tumultuous yeah. country.
0: As you said, he's a tyrant, though. So it's just like it, it's definitely a very interesting story, and uh, we haven't talked enough about Rufus Buck because I mentioned this to you off off a uh, podcast. This is probably the greatest performance I've seen from Idris Elba in a long time. It's
1: a great performance by Idris Elba. He's yeah. taken some, some weird roles, I feel like, recently. Yeah, yeah. fucking Hobbs and Shawl. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> mean, I anyway, like it's not that Rim. he doesn't
1: do well in them. He does his job just fine. But, I mean, I, I think... Those performances are a product of what the product is. It, yeah. it's not it's not Eldris Elba.
0: No, either. and I feel like he took Pacific Rim, like this big blockbuster, you know, kind of fun film. Right. And from there, has just become blockbuster fodder. You know, the Dark Towers picked him yeah. up, and like you know how I I don't think we've talked about it, but I hate the Dark Towers movie. Secret I mean, View of Love the Dark stories. Tower. Oh he is a great choice for the gunslinger and he did a great job in that movie but he was not given anything to work with and it was just sad and i I feel like that's a lot of book
1: just do the book yeah
0: just do the damn book and i feel like that's i feel like that's the problem with idris elba is he is a great fucking actor and he's not given enough to work with in these roles and then finally along comes rufus buck and the harder they fall and he he fucking went all into it. He did some really good acting here. It was yeah, so beautiful, did.
1: man. And that last scene, man. I don't want to talk about it, but <sighs> no, yeah, oh, it's it
0: is a damn good scene, and it yeah. was it was to get there was in, quite enjoyable. I mean, I guess I'm leading into my closing statement with this. Yeah, that's let's fine. do it. Yeah, I like all around some of the best acting I've seen from a lot of these people. I really really fucking enjoyed everything about this like it, it the only problem with it is it is a very predictable story oh so definitely. they well yeah, I, they,
1: you know that final reveal i would say i called it yeah i mean it's callable but i don't yeah. think that like i wasn't surprised by it but i thought the reveal was really good I'll it was that.
0: good yeah it, it is it is really that's the thing is like even though i knew the beats were coming I still enjoyed how they came. There's a lot of specifically a lot of the characters. I know, you know, we've talked a lot about how well they do setting up all these characters, giving most of them motivations and purposes and stuff. And when you when you see it all being set up, if you've seen a lot of films or if you've written stories or you know any of that kind of stuff, you're immediately like, "Okay, that character is going to, you know, die mm-hmm. trying to achieve right. a and then that character is going to use that death to achieve B. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can figure those out. And the fun part typically from there becomes how are they going to, you know, lift the rug out from under me? How are they going to trick me? How are they going to, yeah. like, wow me? This film doesn't go for that. It tries to wow through the, the acting, through the story itself. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though the story is predictable, even though, like, I, I predicted a lot of the character beats that would happen – I still had so much fucking fun with this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. I will say the place that we leave off with Nat Love, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see yeah, that's fair. that emotional state. That was good.
0: I'll agree with that. I give it three and a half stars. I highly recommend this film. I, I mean, if you enjoy Django Unchained, you'll enjoy this. I think that's with that. the...
1: I'll agree with that. And yeah. I am going to go as far as to say that it's better than Django. That's fair. I think so. And also, I feel like it is that it, it might feel a little more true because this is nearly solely a black project. And, and that might be why it rings more true to me than django does and and, you know like 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 it says at the very beginning this isn't a true story but everyone was so in this movie i mean you could just tell how much appreciation the actors have for this project And I do, too. Yeah. I give it a face in half. It's a great movie. I'm going to watch it again and probably again. Uh, I can't say the same for The Lost Daughter. It was a good movie.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. When it comes (laughs) down to who wins, I can't... Even though I recommend both of these movies, I'm not going to be returning to The Lost Daughter anytime soon.
1: Not soon.
0: The harder they fall, I'm definitely going to be showing that to people. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know a lot about the wild west i don't have that interest i mean i am interested in that time period but that's not you know where i'm more most interested when i think about history right and so you know i do enjoy westerns i don't watch them a lot but like you know i i enjoy it i know you know i i, def- I think i showed you might have already seen the good and bad and the ugly but i remember like wanting yeah. desperately to watch those when we first started <laughs> uh, yeah. being friends way back in the day i was like oh you gotta watch these movies and so, like, we I remember trying to watch those. I, d- I do love showing off Westerns because there's just a – it's a specific type of filmmaking. Right. Yeah. That's just very entertaining to me.
1: Yeah. its I used to look at them as a chore, but I think now that I understand the how humans interact with each other a little bit more, mm. it's more interesting. Because most of them are a study – in isolation like i said earlier you're by yourself you're dealing with all these hardships of being in what they call a frontier land obviously there's people before and then you come across other people who are dealing with the same shit and it's just the conditions of the wild west make people behave in a certain way and i think that is interesting to to watch that I
0: mean, I just love a good damn shootout too. Like I love yeah. whether it's like a huge fucking, you know, you have this construction town, you know, it's always like cardboard and everything like all these like ransacked buildings that they like put up for a quick set and it's very, you know, they, they can make a Western set look real oh, yeah. with very little and it's Boom it's town. always fun to watch. Yeah. It's, it's great. And, and I love, you know, whether it's a shootout in a town and you have all that like wild Kate ca- uh, chaos, or you just have a quieter duel where, you know, you got crazy Western music and we're cutting back and mm-hmm. forth between the eyes to build tension. Like, I love the close-ups <laughs> of the eyes. That's, that's If you have that in your Western, you're immediately, like, making me fall in love. I, I just, <laughs> I love that Western music and then you just cut up to squinting eyes and you're just two people just staring each other down, getting ready to shoot. I fucking
1: love that. I don't know why it reminded me of this, but in the sing-along blog, why, why can't I remember the whole title? anyways like the dark horseman or whatever his name is it, it, where they come and just in the margins oh, oh, of dr. The horrible blog. dr horrible sing-along dr horrible sing-along vlog but the, <laughs> when the, the dark horseman or whatever sends that letter and they yeah. uh, are sing- da-da-dum, da-da-dum, or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, you just sing have a banjos the sing-along blog
0: <laughs> well, yeah i think that's been the show i think uh we both recommend both of these films but say that the harder they fall wins yes and uh yeah we're always happy to have you here thanks for coming back to the couch everybody uh we we definitely love you so much and appreciate oh, yeah. your your help and support and if you'd like to help and support us further you can go to com slash green and faceless and check out our subscription there or our monthly subscriptions uh, we definitely appreciate anything you could send our way. but uh, Yes,
1: please consider. We love you. Yeah.
0: And until next time,
1: and forever and always, I shall be the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leone. We'll see if that changes. Safe travels <laughs> and good night. <laughs> green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account.